everyone, this is Dr. Liz, and you're listening to Include with Dr. Liz. This show is about everyone, all people, including you. It's about people and their diverse lived experience in this world. I chat with guests to get to know them, their identities and their inclusion needs. So we all have an opportunity to understand how best to include them. So together, we can create a world where everyone thrives. Helena is a confident, caring, funny, down-to-earth author of two books who loves bowling and go-karting. Described by her mother as loud, Kalina, who is deaf, applies her superpower of reading body language, working with new parents in her caseworker role, as well as busting myths about what people who are deaf can achieve. Welcome, Kalina. Thank you so much for having me. Love the introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. I wanted to start by asking two books. What are your books about? Definitely. Um, So my first book is called Every Day I Am Just Stuff. It's about me being deaf in the hand community. And second thing is, it's also a poem book. So it's not like a full biography book. And the reason why I did that is because I know a lot of people don't like reading books for too long. And people are like, oh, I don't want that. So I wanted the book to be short and brief. And just really talk about what it's like to be deaf. And that's what I love about my book. And my second book is called Young Changers, or Young Makers, sorry. Um, it's about about a lot of young professionals together. And we write all our stories and put them all in one book, which is super fascinating. So yeah, so that's my book. Fabulous. We'll make sure that in the podcast description, we've got links to those books so people can find them. Okay. Now, I want to know... When I send you the questionnaire, the guest questionnaire for the podcast, everyone gets the same questionnaire and it is there's a long list of identities. You ticked, yes, yes, it was very long, I know. Um, You ticked one. What was it? Female. Mm -hmm. Now, now we're going to circle back because what I shared in the intro is that you are deaf or hard of hearing. So why didn't you tick? Uh, maybe uh, sensory impairment or disability? Why didn't they come up as identities for you? I would say came up is because of so many things I suffered when I was growing up. I've been through so much and it's not even funny. Like people ask me like, Kalina, how the hell do you have the power and encouragement to keep going forward? And also too, for myself who is deaf, you will not see a lot of deaf people out there compared to the hearing community it's like why is there no deaf people and I wanted to be the first person out there to really get the deaf people out there and actually help them why is that we should be on the other side where we created this world together why can't we all come in together all in one community literally so does that mean you don't identify with the label of disability it really depends on the situation because every situation is different you know, there's times where I'm like, hey, but I have a disability, I can't hear, but you need to accommodate me. That, I obviously define myself as a disability. But if I'm outside hanging out with my friends, that should not define my disability by hanging out with my friends. So it's two different things. But again, it depends on your situation. Yeah. And I think it's really important for people who perhaps don't have a disability that just because, according to me, that you're deaf 
means to me you have a disability. But mm -hmm. you might not identify as being a person with a disability. Exactly. It's not my place to define who you are. Exactly. Um, because that can be putting limitations on you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot. A <laughs> What limitations do you think people have put on you? They thought that I cannot speak. And I think a lot of hand community looked at me a lot of time and they're like, wait, you're deaf and you can talk? Hmm. You speak so clear. That's the number one thing I get a lot. You speak super clear for a deaf person. And I was like, there's other deaf people out there that speak fine like I do. And, but you just haven't met them. Okay, so I bet you people are curious. How is a deaf person on a podcast recorded via Zoom? How can you hear me? Can you help people understand that? First thing is closed caption. Sometimes I require closed caption. That's one. Two, I wear hearing aids. So my hearing aids are super, super, like, it's amazing. And by the way, it's expensive. So <laughs> that's how you know it works, okay? So my hearing aids are Bluetooth. Actually, so I can actually hear very well through the phone. So it's, it's like an AirPod. So like you, when you connect your phone to your headphone, it's literally just like that. I have um an FM system. So like a system where by the computer, I have picked up all the sound and it connected to my hearing aid instead of me going toward the computer to hear. So that's how I'm on podcast. Ah, see, thank you for helping people understand that. And I'm sure you'll agree with me. Not all deaf people have the same experience because even off air, I started to say with you, right, can you tell me how deaf are you? How hard of hearing? Do you have a cochlea? What What are we working with today? Um, yeah, so everyone has a different experience. And I think I want everyone else to know as well that if you see someone with a hearing aid, you can't assume it works the same way as Kalina's. So as Kalina has said, her version is very expensive, but it also is addressing her type of hearing loss. There are others that can't have that type of hearing aid because they might have different hearing loss and therefore they're experiencing their version of hearing in a different way. Exactly, 100%. Everybody's situation is different. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, oh, um, so we also got to bond a little over uh, hearing, hearing loss and sign language because... Well, sign language is my second language. Unfortunately, Kalina, you said you learned sign language initially. And then what happened? So unfortunately, I have been changed for over to a hearing school. I actually went to a deaf school. And unfortunately, when I get to the hearing school, there was no ASL course or teachers that could teach me ASL, unfortunately. And it was just very sad because I was learning my second language and mm. that was taken away from me when I would transfer into the hearing school. Why do you think sign language is so important as a language for the deaf community? It's super important because a lot of people don't know that, like you mentioned, hearing aids are expensive. Not everybody's situation is the same. Not a lot of people can afford a hearing aid and people have to use ASL, sign language, to learn and communicate. So I think you said you're relearning ASL. Is that right? Yes, I am learning them right now. If you find yourself in public and you are having a sign language conversation, what tends to happen around you? It's muted. Okay, you block out the world around you. Yes. 
what about all those people staring? Uh, you will get that a lot. <laughs> you will get that a lot. But for me personally, I'm used to it because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been deaf since I was four. So I'm really super used to people looking at me, looking at my ears. So it's like, it's nothing new. I am so tempted to use some sign language right now, but it would be pointless because A, this is a podcast and people are going to be listening to this. Uh, but two, we would be speaking different sign languages. So me being Australian, I learned Auslan, being Australian sign language, and you learned ASL, which is American sign language. So we don't even speak the same languages. No. No, and people don't understand that there's so many different ways of sign language. Yes. And I always tell people, what are you signing? BSL, ASL, there's Korean sign language. I didn't even know. And I'm like, oh, there's a Korean sign language? Yeah. Yeah. So even between English-speaking languages, there are different sign languages. When you were back at school in the hearing school, what are supports were offered to you in your education? Um, in my education, there was a lot of support regarding to my accommodation. So I was able to take extra time, um, given expanded time for my assignment, and um, also closed captions and videos as well. I was able to be in a, a test room where I can block out that distraction because uh-huh. I'm very easy to get distracted, especially when I hear little things. And it's just very, I don't know, it's just how I am. I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I panic a lot because, you know, when you're deaf and you're writing your test, you're, every everything is muted, you know, for me, especially when I, I can't focus on multiple things that's happening. So I get very distracted. Yeah. Now, that's a really good point around the environment that you're in, because when one sense is taken away, others can be really heightened. Um, so your distraction for visual cues around you feel like you need to pay attention. Or if a noise is loud enough to trigger with you, you're like, you're, you're programmed to think it could be danger. So you need to pay attention. Exactly. I had a note taker, okay? And I had, the school was playing, I think my professor was playing uh, a video and I asked him for a closed caption and he literally said to me, you have a note taker, why do you need a closed caption for? I'm not relying on that one person to really do things for me. I'm trying to take initiative of what I need, especially not having to look over as a note taker, would she take a note? Maybe her note is different from my note. You're getting your information secondhand. And while we know that interpreters and note takers are trained to take things down verbatim, there is still a filter by which that information is coming through. So then you're receiving information secondhand. Exactly. Oh, I love this conversation, Kalina. I think these are things that people really need to learn about. Um, Okay, so those are really good tips for uh, accommodations in the education system. Um, At work, what kind of accommodations and adjustments do you benefit from so that you can thrive? Okay, so I luckily I actually work from home. uh, I don't have to go in the office too much. Um, I don't really tell them right away off the bat. I'm deaf because I know a lot of people might feel like, oh, you should have not exposed yourself too quickly. I know some people will be like, oh, like, I just don't. I just say, hey, can you repeat your word one more time, please? And that's it. So you don't even justify it, which is really good. Um, exactly. So I really believe in asking for what you need without having to justify or explain why. 
Okay, good one. Really honestly, just really making sure you're working closely with your supervisor, your boss. Don't let them know, like, hey, I'm having a hard time with this, this, and this. And that's how I navigate around my workplace, to be honest. If you do go into the office and there is a team meeting, so let's say, this, oh, you don't know this, listeners, but Kalina just rolled her eyes and put face palmed herself. <laughs> okay, so you're in a team meeting. Let's help people imagine 10 people in a room and you're in there. When no one is accommodating your needs, what's the experience like for you? Okay, so two things. I used to have a group meeting face-to-face. It was horrible. When I tell you guys, it was horrible. Like, too many people were talking at once. Supervisors were trying to talk. And there was nothing being handed out to me. I'm a very virtual person. I need to see something in my hand to be like, okay, this is what's going to be talked about. This is what we're going to do. If you don't give me an outline of what's being taught in the group meeting, then I'm not going to be able to do that. So for me, honestly, I just try my best to keep up with people, move my head around. And remember, I'm a lip reader. So I have to look at your face and making sure that I'm catching up what you're saying. So Mm -hmm. one example was I had a, uh, face-to-face group meeting same thing happened too many people talking and but I didn't even I didn't even ask the question my boss looked at me like what's going on and I said there's too many boys speaking all at once I can't understand what's happening like you guys did not let me know there was a meeting you guys didn't give me an outline what's happening what's being talked about no one's giving me a heads up before the meeting say hey cleaner this is what we're going to talk about x y and z that was the second thing um, and right now, my work currently it's online, thank God. So it's a lot better because everybody has to take turn talking because it's virtual and the Zoom meeting has closed caption, thankfully. And uh, so that's how I navigate around group meetings. You gave so many awesome tips then. Um, not only did you share what it feels like and what the impact is on you, so you were saying that it means you just end up saying nothing because if yeah. you can't follow the conversation, too much going on, you just withdraw you're like I'm out I'm tapping out of this (laughs) you've really highlighted the importance of one person speaking at a time uh and that doesn't just benefit people that are deaf or hard of hearing that benefits so many people uh for clarity of comprehension of what's going on those that just are more reflectors it gives you space and time to think and share your thoughts when it's your turn as well um And then really importantly, providing visual tools or documentation or something that allows people to follow visually. Again, not just beneficial to people that have hearing needs. This is useful for people that are visual learners, for instance. Um, People of English as a second language. Um, So lots of benefits there, as well as um, you were saying, providing an outline in advance. So if you've got a chance to read in advance of a meeting, you can prepare yourself. So you're ready to share stuff because you've read it before you've got there. You're full of hot tips, Kalina. This is awesome. Okay. When it comes to providing you training or opportunities for advancement, what tips would you give to organizations to help you learn from those materials or those programs better? Just make sure that there's no one, no one talking over each other. Same thing with face-to-face. Uh, two, give the person an outline, documentation, let 
the person know what is happening, you know? Make sure you go around and making sure everybody gets a chance to get their question answered. And I notice a lot of time people, when they're training, they don't always get the question answered, unfortunately. So always take time when you're training someone. And I feel like a lot of people like to rush it because they want to go home or because they want to go on lunch early. Take your time, honestly. And I see that a lot. I know. I have clients say to me, "Mm, can you turn that half-day program into a one-hour session? Um, because we don't we don't have enough time to allocate to training. Mm-hmm. So sure, you might save some money because you can put your employees back on the job, but you're actually missing out on the opportunity to actually provide learning that taps into the learner's needs. Exactly. If I was working with you in a group activity in a training workshop, what are some tips you have for me on how I can draw you in and make sure you feel like you're valued and can contribute? Um, you'd be like, hey, Kalina, you have an answer? Hey, Kalina, do you have anything to say? Hey, Kalina, hello. Like, hey, hey, always ask, you know, hey, are you, hey, you know, and take turns. What Kalina is saying is that we need to pause and make sure that we're checking that everyone in the group is being given the space and opportunity to share. Exactly. Do you ever feel that you're getting that you get left out or disrespected um, because of who you are? Of course, of course. There are times where you know, for example, the dating world. Not everybody talks about it. You know, being different. You know, of course, I have been rejected. You know, a lot of guys be like, "Oh my God, no, she's that. That's too much for me." You know, I can see Kalina had to find. I said, "Okay, yes, I would hurt, but it took me a while to get used to." I have to be honest with myself and take in that I am different. Not everybody are able to carry on the same thing as I can on the table. Okay. Let's say I matched with you on Tinder, Kalina. I mean, (laughs) not but a potential date. I'm a bit old for you. (laughs) What's some advice you would give to someone if they were coming on a date with you? Um, Just so you know. I'm not looking at your lips to kiss you. I remember this one time, this one, oh my God, oh my, you guys, can I tell you guys, this one guy, I was at the dinner table and it was kind of dark. You know how sometimes during the, it flows down, you're like, why is it getting dark in here? Oh my God, it was like, it was doing that. I was keep looking at his lips and I'm eating. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm getting what he's saying. And then he just like, he asked me, he's like, are you trying to lean to kiss me? And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I just can't read your lips. Oh, my God. Okay, so the tip is take you on to dinner in a place where it's well lit and not too noisy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, good one. Um, And I know we're having a good laugh about it, but it is a real consideration. We've been talking a lot about uh, your deaf experience, but that's only a little part of you. That's not the whole of you. And so if we go back again to that big, long list, you only ticked female. We've now sort of talked about deaf or disability. But what about your ethnic or racial identity? Okay. You didn't tick anything there. <laughs> Tell me about how you see yourself in the context of race or ethnicity. I don't know. The type of person I am, I'm just like, I don't care. I'm like... <laughs> Do you, I'll do me, I just, you know what I mean? I, I just live my life. But um, at the same time, it, it can be very frustrating at times, 
especially when you're trying, when you work so hard and you know that you have to work 10 times harder than everybody else, mm -hmm. especially being a deaf person. I had so many people, especially teachers, doubted me because they didn't think I could succeed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was something that I really had to like, be like, you know what, screw this. I can do this. I believe in myself. Do you think that the whole of you, Kalina, so the intersectionality of being female, of being a person of colour, a potential racial minority where you live, and being deaf, do you think all those combinations created a much different experience to you than if you were to change one of those identities? So perhaps if you had have been Caucasian or if you'd been male? I think we all know the answer, yes. We all could have had different experience. But also, again, it's upon what country you're in. Mm. Every country is different. Um, for me, I'm grateful for Canada because Canada don't have a lot of, um, carry a lot of things like the states would to carry because the states carry a lot more than Canada. But Canada is a lot more calmer than the states. So where do you feel where you most belong, where you just feel the most Kalina that it, there is? Honestly, I would say I'm in the middle. I know I belong in the deaf community and the hearing community. And that is because I grew up in the hearing community. I'm the first female that is deaf in my family. So I am so used to being in the hearing community versus the deaf community. But however, I grew up in the deaf community too. So I would say I'm in the middle. Yeah. You know, and I've he heard that more than once with my deaf friends, that particularly those that are verbal like you are, uh, and those that can um, use sign language, but then perhaps, like you said, don't use it as their first language. So then what happens is you don't entirely belong in the hearing community, but you also don't entirely belong in the deaf community. So you do, you feel like you're in no man's land. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question from both sides of those camps. Okay. If I'm in the deaf community, what can I do to make you feel more included? As a deaf community, I would say teach me more sign language <laughs> so I can keep up. Yeah. Also, too, don't sign too fast. I know a lot of people sign really fast, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait slow down. <laughs> what about in the in the hearing com community? What can they do for you? I would say, honestly, just be super conscious how you are using your words. Be, what I mean by be careful with your words, I mean by, like, be careful how you question me. Can you give us any, an example, illustrate for us? Uh, oh, God. I just so many. I remember um, I was walking on the street, and then um, they approached me, and they're like, and they were trying to talk to me, but they were opening their mouth, like, I didn't know what they were saying. You know, I was like, hi, how are you? You're okay? Like, they would do that to me. And I'm like, I am not stupid. Yeah, so let me, because remember, this is a podcast. So I'm going to describe this to those that are listening. So Kalina sort of said, uh, illustrated with her mouth, like they were really exaggerating their mouth movements to communicate with her. But it actually made less sense because she's relying on lip reading and it looked nothing like what it's meant to look like. Yeah, exactly. Carry on with your story, Kalina. <laughs> and then also, too, he asked me something, and I guess because my hair was in a ponytail, you could tell on my hearing aid. 
And then he's asking me something, and I stood up to listen. Stop moving your mouth like you're an idiot. I cannot understand what you're saying. Stop! But, like, just talk normal, you know? So when you're talking to a deaf person, be, please, be normal. Don't act crazy, because believe me when I tell you, you do look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, It's a bit like where you notice people that just talk louder to someone that has English as a second language. Oh my god, I get that all the time. People try to yell in my ears and I'm like, why are you raising your voice? Especially when you ask them to repeat what they're saying. They talk louder. And I'm like, no, talk with a softer tone mm. and a lot slower. If we help people understand, it's about moving your mouth clearly. So if you mumble, it makes it a lot harder for people to know what you're saying. See, now I was just mumbling and maybe Kalina didn't know what I was saying then. Um, but I was illustrating how hard it is, or particularly with facial hair, that can make it more difficult for you too, can't it? Yeah, it does. Now tell me how you were impacted during COVID restrictions and face masks. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I was affected really bad to the point where I avoid going outside. Mm -hmm. I was super bad to the point where I have to either bring my mom, my sister, my aunt, anybody in my family. I ask them to come with me everywhere I go. It's so, I feel like I lost my independence. You know, I feel like that was taken away from me. Mm. And, I, and I'm not that somebody who likes to rely on other people. I can tell. I don't. <laughs> I, don't. I actually don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> how, how could we have helped you? And when I say we, whoever's interacting with you when there's masks, what could we do to help? Well, have a piece of a sticky note, a pen with you, or use your phone. There's 90% of you guys on your phone. Use mm -hmm. your phone. Use the notepad. Use the sticky notes on your phone and type. You yeah. know, I feel like people make it super harder than it needs to be. Yeah. And so on that, in using your phone, uh, there are some apps that we can use that translate the spoken word into text. So it's almost like live captioning. Can you recommend any apps that you think people could download onto their phones? Honestly, guys, I'm so bad pronouncing it, but Oyo, Oyo. Alelo, maybe. No, I think so. But it's spelled like O-L-E-L-O. -L -L -O, yeah. If you're wondering how to spell it. People can just literally go onto your app store and type in live captioning and they'll find one, surely. Exactly. So do you use that? Do you keep that on your phone as a tool to use? I uh, yeah, I actually keep it in case, um, because I just never know. Okay. I bet you this is a question on people's minds. How so we, we know how you listen, like can communicate with your hearing. And then if you were listening to a podcast, you'd be Wi-Fiing in from your digital device into your hearing aid. But let's say someone doesn't have that technology. How would they listen to a podcast? But we're going to iPhone. If you go on your study and you click on acceptable, and if you click on um, <clears throat> your depth or hearing, I think it's hearing, and you click on it, and they'll show you the option where you can click on it. Because I actually just clicked on my iPad because I just bought a new iPad, and I wanted my hearing to hear through it. And then I looked at all the accessibility and they were able to pop up, luckily, luckily. Mm -hmm. And then with the Samsung, you actually can click on code caption like just like this compared to the iPhone. That's what yeah. I heard. That is absolutely true. So I'll help summarize that for everyone. Um, 
And this is useful if not only you're deaf or hard of hearing, but if you like to, if you listen to a podcast, but you happen to be sitting on a train or a bus or an airplane and you forgot your headphones, you can do this tip. So you have, uh, you play the podcast, but in Samsung, you're right. It's a lot easier. It's like an immediate option to click on. And in Apple, iPhone 11 Pro and up have the new accessibility option. You'll just have to dig into your accessibility settings and then you can select the captioning option there. So I think that's really useful for everybody. Kalina, you have been a brilliant guest today. Uh, I've loved sharing... you're sharing the lived experience of someone that is deaf in a hearing and deaf world and I was sharing I guess some similar experience as a hearing person um, that has immersed themselves in the deaf community and know sign language so I've just loved seeing the interwoven experiences so thank you for sharing with everyone today thank you so much for having me today I hope all of you guys enjoyed the podcast I'm sure they did. And if they want to get in contact with you and track down your books, we're going to put all those links in the podcast description.